We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents... I got some banana bread at work today, dude. Hell yeah. Sports Talk Saturday. But there's a lot of bad things in this world, dude. Like skunks, dude? Hell no. Scratching your eye, but it's still itchy, dude? Hell no. Like getting paid not a lot of money, dude, for working? Hell no. On WGR. But banana bread at work, dude? Hell yeah. Sports Radio 550. When you get a chaotic intro like that, you know it's not your usual Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer in for Nate Geary. How's everyone doing this fine morning as it's that perfect hoodie and shorts weather out there? Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Zach Jones behind the board as he is on the usual. Man, we... I'm starting to think we need to get a cot here for Zach, or or at least like straight up buy him a mattress that he could just throw down in the in the studio there. I'd be okay with a mattress. Yeah, I don't know no, about like, a cot. Like, like a, a legit cot feels mattress. like I'm going to leave. Like a mattress, like he's saying, a cot. You're basically sleeping on the floor. Yeah, I don't want that. I no. got back problems already. I'd like to not. I'm sorry. How old are you that. again? I'm old enough for back problems. Apparently. Oh, you stop. Apparently, I hate you. <laughs> Oh, boy. You know you're starting to actually get old when you start hating when younger people say that they're old. I'm glad I could do that to you. Like, a minute into the show. Like, I'm sitting in Howard's seat right now, and I know that if Howard ever heard me say that, that's another story. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no. I I start, like, that's when you realize it. You're like, ah, dang it. I'm actually getting old. Stop saying you're old. I feel it though. Like my one friend, like just like mentioned that we like it's been six years since we graduated high school, and I'm like, that's All right, disgusting. So Don't ever say that. The main point again. is we're gonna crowdsource. We're gonna crowdsource and uh, crowdfund uh, Zach getting a mattress here because he basically lives at this place sometimes. Yeah, not a cot, a mattress. Yeah, mattress, legit. I mean, it might still only be like a twin. That's okay. Uh, maybe not. I am tall. You're tall, but you're tiny. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, I can I can work with a twin. That's fine. I can work with that. But uh. We got a nice slate for you here today of guests coming on with us. We've got Greg Thompson to cover one. We got Brian Duff from the Instigators, and of course, we've got Anthony Scandra. All of them coming in. One of them relatively soon. So Greg Thompson will be joining us in just a couple of moments, actually, to uh, recap everything from the Bills from last week with the NFL Draft and what is next for their offseason. And then, of course, we're going to end the Sabres season officially on the good vibes. 
Yes, it ended last week. Locker cleanout day was that day. And we didn't really get to play any of that for you. And it's unfortunate. But now we get to say the final farewell for the Sabres season, the vibes, and what's next for the Buffalo Sabres as they head into a very critical offseason where hope actually is abound for once. So that's going to be one of the more interesting things is what do the Sabres do from here when we actually have hope for them? There's expectation sometimes, sure, but now there's hope. There's actually the warm and fuzzy feeling. And of course, we've got time for you as well if you call in at 803-0550. So before, though, we get to the Sabres and everything of the sort, we will end up talking bills. And Greg Thompson will be joining us. Except Zach is telling me, hang on. Now, I'm going to have to buy some time. (laughs) However, the Bills had probably one of the better drafts of this past weekend. And I think that with what they did, maybe they can uh, go ahead and have some success. Now, this is going to be the trickiest thing you're going to see. (laughs) I'm going to right now send contact information (laughs) to Zach while I'm talking on the radio. That's exciting. And you know what? I'm a a sharer. You know, like, it's fun sometimes to be able to get you guys involved in what the real process is sometimes, you know? Maybe. Oh, like let let like the people know. Let the, the pain, people know the, struggle, the pain, the struggle, the and sometimes, uh, some yeah, sometimes the internal panic. That happens. That's so, all right. So, I I still think though that the Bills had themselves a great draft weekend. When they go ahead and they grab Kyrie Elam, he's probably going to be sitting there at a starter starting corner position. The way that he talked with Sean McDermott, and, and then the introduction with him and Tre'Davious White, it seems like there's a real connection there. They seem to like his drive and striving to be the best person that you can be. I'm excited for a player like that. And with how the Bills needed another cornerback after losing Levi Wallace, but also Wallace did struggle sometimes against the speed receivers that were deeper on the roster, like Kansas City's. So now you don't have to worry about that kind of a problem because Kyrie Elam does have the speed to match it. Second round, they go ahead and grab probably one of my favorite picks, which was James Cook. The Bills, like, for the last few years, Bills Twitter kind of got into this nice little civil war of, do we draft a running back in the first round or not? And while we all kind of realized that they wouldn't actually do it, it was a discussion that would be had a lot of times. So, I think that, again, having a running back, though, available to you, a nice value pick, and a guy who can end up doing everything for you, you can go ahead and uh, be able to... Hmm really be able to hope that you get Singletary, you get Cook, you get the two of them ready to go. And 
when you go ahead and you add someone like Cook, it adds up competition. Singletary's there. You get him in there. You get him mixed into it. The competition might bring out even more from Devin Singletary, who looked better last year. What does it mean for Zach Moss? Will he end up improving? Will he end up being a tough runner and a guy that can add some extra value for you? So that's really what it like. And honestly, I completely forgot that Duke Johnson is on this team. You know, there was like genuine discussions with Duke Johnson too, especially after the James Cook pick. Like, will he be on this team after training camp? Because it did feel like he was initially the J.D. McKissick backup plan. Yeah. But then they pick Cook, who is, who is that? Who is that? If not better, because I think he is a bit faster than J.D. McKissick. I think McKissick ran about a four five forty. Well. Cook has been a four four one, so I mean, they, like there's a real discussion there where Duke Johnson may not be on this team because it. They realized pretty much right after signing him with the draft, oh, we have a better version of the player we wanted to get in free agency, anyways. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think that again, maybe we look at this and we see how does this backfield work. And I'm very interested to find that out. I think there's a genuine way that you could see this backfield working, I think initially, of Singletary is the one, I think, going into the season, right? He's not nearly the good or the great pass catcher that right. I think Cook is or that Cook can be. But Singletary, I think, can hold it down. They have better run blockers, at least right now, with Roger Saffold coming in from Tennessee. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. But I think my genuine question is, like, how quickly could Cook potentially become the number one back? Most reports I've seen from Cook is that, while he's not necessarily the pure runner that you want from, you know, your your RB1, there's a strong shot that he can become that guy. Yeah. He, he has more pop speed than, than Singletary or Moss do. He's bigger than them. He offers more with the with the pass catching versatility, and not to mention again, I'm excited to see what happens with the backfield going forward. Does this create better players out of the guys that you have there? And the other part of it to me is, what else can you do with a guy like that? Because yards after catch was a huge problem with this offense last year. Having a guy like Cook in there really does add that versatility, add an extra dimension to your passing game. And it's those, it, like the term of extended handoffs that allow a player in space to be able to thrive. So that's the part I'm excited about, too. Khalil Shakir, a lot of draft Twitter loved that as a value pick. The Bills wide receiver in the fifth round out of Boise. And we even got someone to talk with us last week about the player that they're getting. It's genuinely fun. To see what is going on. So, maybe we can get Greg Thompson on here and see what we get. It wasn't quite joining him out of the gate. We had a little connectivity issues. But it looks like we got him good to go. So, Greg, thanks for uh, dealing with these struggles with us. But yeah, uh, no problem. It's crazy. Greg Thompson, cover one, now finally joining us here on the Western Hotline on Sports Talk Saturday. Greg, Zach and I were talking a lot 
as we were trying to get you back up here and uh, and connected about James Cook. Probably one of my favorite picks of this draft, and uh, I wanted to get your thoughts on him. Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, a lot of people saw the clip from Rich Eisen, called it his number one sneakiest pick in the draft. Um, it's clearly a priority of what Ken Dorsey wants in this offense. You saw them go out and uh, look to spend a little bit of money on J.D. McKissick, and not that $7 million is crazy, but that's decent money in today's free agent running back market for a guy who's not a primary ball carrier. And then you add into that, you know, everything falls apart, and then they spend a second-round pick on James Cook, who is the best receiving back coming out of the draft, oftentimes lining up in the slot or out wide straight up as a wide receiver. This is obviously a priority in what they want to do. You heard Josh Allen talking about wanting to work on the offseason, the placement of the ball, setting his guys up to be able to, you know, create more yards after the catch. Well, James Cook makes that a lot easier. So uh, this offense has been a ton of fun the last couple of years. But if you tell me we're now going to be able to add in the screen game and some swing pass options and some pivot and option routes out of the backfield, good luck to defenses. Yeah, and the other part to me is I'm excited to see if it makes some of these other players on this roster better because we saw what Devin Singletary was able to do a little bit more last year, being a bit more of the feature guy, and you're hoping to see competition bring out the better in other players as well. So that's something I'm also excited about to see from them. And now, though, with that Cook selection, I don't think it matters that Duke Johnson signed earlier this offseason. Yeah, obviously this pick was pretty terrible news for Duke Johnson. That was a kind of backup plan move after the McKissick signing. I do wonder, you know, if they had signed McKissick and that had gone through, I I don't know that the James Cook pick happened. I think they may have gone a different route there. Um, But I don't think it was great news for Duke Johnson and obviously makes it tougher for even some other players. I don't know exactly where it fits into Zach Moss. What if they want to have a guy who does both things and can be somewhat of a between-the-tackles runner to back up Devin Singletary, but also be a backup to James Cook, and maybe Duke Johnson gets the role over Zach Moss. We'll have to see where that plays out, but um, I do think it's interesting to see that role as as much of a priority as what it was. So, Greg, another one that, of course, adding to that offense, Khalil Shakir was a favorite of many of draft Twitter. Uh, I want to get your thoughts. I want to see what you thought of what was probably looked at on draft day three as one of the best value picks of the entire weekend. hundred percent. I'm right on board. I had him as a day two guy. I thought he should have been a top hundred pick and a late third round pick and a guy that I was targeting with our third round pick and that I was hoping they would go after. So to be able to get him in the fifth round, even a good, you know, 40 some picks into day three, I thought that was an enormous value and it's, it's because of the versatility. He does so many things well. He does. He is primarily going to be a good slot receiver. I think long-term, he can be the long-term slot guy replacing Jamison Crowder or whoever wins that competition out of Crowder and McKenzie. I don't know that he walks in and is the starting slot receiver day one, but long-term, I think he can do that. But he only played 62% of his snaps in the slot. He still played 38% outside, out wide. He's able to do that. He had over 80 carries. Um, in his college career, almost 20 carries each year that he was able to go through and be a weapon out of the backfield. He threw five passes in college, including the touchdown. He was a kick returner. He was a punt returner. Um, So he's a guy that I think brings so many different dynamics to this offense. And that, again, that yards after catch, the ability to get additional yards after contact, I think he brings a ton of that when you see his highlights. So in this year, I expect him to be 
Um, I actually expect him to be the starting return man. I think he'll win the jobs as for sure punt return, but maybe punt return and kick return. And then I think the possibility that he could push as A.M. McKenzie for that fourth receiver role and maybe even steal some snaps from Crowder as, as the uh, slot guy here or there. But I'm really excited about the future with him. I mean, one of the other things that you mentioned there, uh, Greg, is that he did also play on the outside. One of the things that Joe and I kept bringing up uh, with Nate last week was the Bills might want another guy who can run a post route on the outside. And if Shakir has those snaps, that's another additional use for a player that, with a Bills team that loves rotating their guys in. They are one of the deepest rosters in the NFL, and they continue to prove it. And with picks like this, it shows a little more versatility if Shakir is able to play a little bit on the outside in the NFL as well. For sure. And I think that having that option, the, the comp that I gave to him was Emmanuel Sanders. I think he is like an Emmanuel Sanders receiver who, yes, he's probably optimal in the slot, but is perfectly fine playing on the outside and that the size isn't an issue. And I think that's one thing that people talk about, especially with guys that are Crowder and McKenzie's size. You know, having a guy like Khalil Shakur, who's six foot, 200 pounds, you know, that gives you some options. Like he, he's a little bit bigger than those guys. And especially when you talk about a guy like McKenzie, you're talking like, four inches and 30 pounds heavier that matters and you're able to hold up a little bit more with that press man coverage and able to do that and uh give a little bit uh more ability to to shield off a defender into body and to go for contested catches um so he's still got work to do there's going to be great competition it's awesome for the team to have that many guys who can do those things but i think his versatility could be what wins out to be a game day active here in his rookie year staying with the offense greg uh the last one i want to look at it's staying at wide receiver though um, veteran options are still out there. Do you think the Bills are likely to bring in another face for that wide receiver locker room, or do you think they're going to be relatively done here? Um, so I think there's a couple little sprinkles. I, I don't think that there's a huge need any longer, but you know, if you told me that Daryl Williams wasn't finding a you know the signing that he wanted and he wanted to come back to compete with Cody Ford and Ike Bakker and be kind of the sixth offensive lineman to swing and play different spots I wouldn't be shocked um if you told me that I don't think we're going to be in the James Bradbury or Kyle Fuller realm of those guys want snaps but do I think that a Joe Hayden could be interested in being kind of the injury insurance for Trey White and the locker room mentor for Kair Elam and can be break glass in the case of emergency, but also be part of a winning team. I think we could see that. Um, I, I Maybe there's a tight end floating out there. They brought in guys like Jesse James before. They brought in guys, you know, that uh, Kyle Rudolph is a guy that I could see making sense um, that they didn't bring in a, a drafted player. I know some people like Jalen Weidermeyer, the UDFA. I'm, I'm kind of excited about him from a, uh, undrafted free agent standpoint, but I think those guys, along with Tommy Sweeney, could be pushed for that tight end three role. And obviously, signing OJ Howard makes it obvious that they're looking to play more two tight end sets. So I, th- I think having one more game day active tight end is a possibility. Um, but I don't expect other big moves outside of there. But those are three that I could see. I could see maybe one more interior lineman, maybe a veteran corner, and maybe a tight end. Other than that, I would expect it to be just you know, guys looking to maybe catch on that 52nd, 53rd role for special teams, but unlikely for any big fun splashes. Greg Thompson, cover one, joining us here on the West Her Hotline. Greg, flipping it over onto the defensive side, and obviously the Kyrie Elam pick has been 
talked about, deciphered, everything of the sort. It looks like the Bills are going to get a stud there. Uh, Terrell Bernard, that's going to be a name that not many people know. What have you got on the uh, Baylor linebacker that was taken in the third round? So I'll be honest, this one caught me by surprise, and I think in the same way many people did, because I just I had it in my head that if we picked a linebacker, especially on day one or day two, that, oh, they're picking him to groom and replace Tremaine Edmonds and move on from that contract. So when the pick happened, I couldn't really get my head around it because I'm, well, this guy's undersized. And I mean, I know he did, you know, his Sugar Bowl game with 20 tackles and two sacks and everything. Like, obviously, he can be a playmaker, but man, that's a weird pick. And now, as I've had time to kind of step back and realize it, that he's not, he's very clearly not a Tremaine Edmonds replacement. That's not what his role is going to be. But he could be a much more versatile, modern version of an A.J. Klein replacement, where when we go three linebacker sets, and you have teams, you know, we have teams coming up on this um, schedule with whether it's the Ravens or whether it's the Patriots again or whether it's the Colts or the Browns, you know, teams that like to go two, three tight ends, run heavy, two, two running backs in the backfield. We had to be pretty obvious that when A.J. Klein came in, if you then audibled out of that and went more split wide, well, that man Klein was out in coverage, and that's not great. Nope. Um, so having that option now where Bernard can come in and be a legit linebacker three, but also not be a liability in coverage, now he can be more of a versatile chess piece of, hey, taking Taron Johnson off the field on those plays because we need a little more beef to, to play run defense, now it's not as big of a liability. So um, – I don't know that I see a huge upside beyond there. I'd love to be wrong. It would be great if he turned into some fantastic starter down the line and, and gave them options beyond Milano and, and Edmund someday. Um, but at minimum, I think he's going to be a more versatile chess piece on defense. And I, obviously with his speed and some size, uh, will be a great special teamer. So I think he's a day one A.J. Klein replacement. Um, and then we'll see where it goes from there. That's a pretty solid way to look at that one with the linebacker depth. Uh Greg, the other thing is about it with, um, like you mentioned, Klein. Like, unsurprisingly, he hasn't really been signed by other teams because he has only one real good dimension to him, and it's not the one that the league is trending towards anymore. So, last one I've got for you, Greg, is overall the Bills had themselves a good weekend. You mentioned the th- kind of the players that you think that they should be going for. So now it's time for the fun question: Do you think the Bills get a Week One primetime game? <laughs> um, I think the Bills are going to get a lot of primetime games, way more than I like. I host a, a lovely post-game show on Cover 1. You guys can come check out. Um, it's it's tough when those shows don't start till 11.30, 12 <laughs> o'clock at night. Yep. Um, so I think there's going to be more than I like. I do think the Bills and Rams are the odds-on favorite in, in Week 1. But I also think that Bills and Rams is such an easy game to sell anytime during the season that I, I almost think there's a piece of me that wonders, do they have to use that chess piece in that first week? So I won't be shocked. There's so many storylines, defending Super Bowl champs versus current Super Bowl favorites, Von Miller coming back. There's a lot of really easy selling points, but that game is going to sell and be huge ratings anytime during yep. the season. So it may not have to be that Thursday opener, but it's also probably the best game on the Rams schedule. So I won't be shocked if they use it there, but I, I would bet a large sum of money that that game is a primetime game. We'll see if it's the week one game. Greg, um, you watching any playoff hockey? 
<laughs> I, I did a little bit. I, I, I've been trying to keep up. I've been trying to learn a little bit more. There you go. Um, I'm just happy because of how the general feeling around the fan base and the, the genuine excitement that the momentum at the end of the season gave, that now you go into this offseason with a young core who is finally playing well together and seemed to like to play well, play together, which is fun to see. And now you have some resources with three first round picks and I think not only cap space, but I think they're required to spend some money <laughs> this, yeah. this off season. Um, that's fun to see. So I am still very much in the infancy of my hockey fandom, but I'm learning enough that I think it's okay to be excited about the future of this team and whether it's, you know, I, I don't know that they're ready to be this, you know, the Stanley Cup favorites, like the, the Bills of the Super Bowl favorites next season, but it certainly seems like it's pointed in the right direction. And that's fun to see because I know a lot of people in my life love the Sabres like I love the Bills, and, and that makes me happy. Greg, thanks for coming on. Thanks for fighting through it, and uh, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Appreciate you very much, guys. Always fun. Greg Thompson, cover one on the Western Hotline, and probably one of my favorite hashtags, uh, hashtag Greg doesn't know hockey. But it's fun getting people into it. That's the other part of it. And we're going to get more into the hockey sort of things in the hockey life with the Sabres season ending last week with Locker Cleanout. And, of course, RJ's last call and some Stanley Cup playoffs. How are we going to do this? Well, we've got someone. we got people like Brian Duff coming on next segment here on Sports Talk Saturday. You're listening to WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You know, you look at every one of these situations and it goes back to having honest conversations, which we've had. But, you know, we're very supportive of players when they, if they're in an environment that we feel they can get better, that's what we look at. I know his coach and the coaching staff very well. You know, I know the league he plays in and, you know, think this will help him continue to get better if that's ultimately the final decision he makes. Kevin Adams talking about Ryan Johnson, whose status is uncertain, one of the few for the Sabres. However, one thing that we do know about this team is the vibes are high. This team is feeling good, and the fans are feeling good about them, probably for the first time recently in a while. 
So why not get one of the best to help us talk about the Sabres end of season, what they do from here, and some of the peak highlights. Brian Duff joining us now on the West Her Hotline from the instigators. You hear him every day on this station. You hear him every time the Sabres are about to take the ice. Brian, it's been a while since I've been able to talk to you. It's great to hear from you again. How you doing? I'm good. Why do you think that is? That's a, it's, a, it's now really interesting to me. Like, What has caused this gap in conversation time between you and I? Um, the fact that I wasn't on the station for about a solid year. <laughs> <laughs> well, you used to track me down for podcasts, too. Yeah. See, like, it, I, I kind of had to just like take a break entirely from everything. And now these people That's are good. tormented with my voice when Nate's not here. So... Yeah, that, well, you know, I'm about to say it might be an upgrade, you know, just to get Nate riled up a little bit. (laughs) Hey, anytime we can rag on Nate, that's a a plus for me. Brian, thank you. What tournament is he in today? Uh, Who knows? Probably one where he can trip over and sprain his other ankle on a golf cart. Oh, my God. Zach is losing it in the control room right now. Oh, boy. So, Brian, and as much as I want to, enough ragging on Nate for now. Uh, but the Sabres last week, locker room cleanout. They end RJ, RJ's career with a final overtime game-winning goal. And it has, to, it has to be one of the biggest things that the Sabres did this year was every big event game, the team crushed it. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons that there's a lot of more optimism heading into this offseason than in the past. I think it definitely has to be one of the reasons. I think I'm still curiously, you know, if not directly, kind of, you know, indirectly canvassing people as to try to understand what the other reasons may be. And the the only reason I say it that way is because obviously it has been so long between playoff appearances that I'm actually obviously pleasantly surprised that, you know, people are finding as much optimism as they are in in the current group and moving forward. And, you know, obviously next steps is the draft with potentially three first-rounders and all the rest of it, not to mention uh, an AHL affiliate that has finally put together a little string of its own and and shaked off almost a couple of decades of not winning. So there are many big reasons, like you said, on, on bigger stages but I have to assume that there's a you know pretty significant accumulation of little moments along the way that are winning people over too. So Brian, one of the other big things that uh, that I looked at with this season was um, more importantly how cursed this team was in March in recent years, and this year oh, yeah. they go on probably their best stretch of any of the recent teams in the past five six years when it comes to just best stretches overall. Uh, of consistency, of beating quality opponents, and really being able to get into a groove that the fans haven't been used to in a while. And part of that obviously being spearheaded by a pair of 30-goal scorers with Tage and uh, and with Skinner. Uh, It's pretty much the biggest reason why they hadn't succeeded in the past is that lack of consistency offensively. So um, aside from the the 10-game winning streak a couple years ago and even in Ralph's last uh, not the shortened season, but um, his full season. They had a, I want to say, nine and one start, um, or just one regulation loss in the first ten. But you're right; um, those were significantly different, based on the fact that this March was, you know, your your post deadline. You're up against a varying 
field of uh, quality competition, meaning East and West. And, um, you know, they, 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 they found different ways to do it. Special teams finally kicked in, uh, especially the power play, which was, which was really good uh, as the month you know, of March was ending and into April. Um, so those were things that had been missing. I, they, I guess the hardest part of it was they were, for me, was, was looking at a stretch where I think we all were of the belief that, wow, this has been going extremely well. But then, I mean, they were roughly, let's say, eight, four, and three at one point over a 15-game stretch. And, well, okay, well, at the end of the day, it's eight wins and seven losses. And, and then you just have to acknowledge what the other teams in the East were at at that time and the pace that they're keeping. And it's great, but it's just this stretch has to be pretty much every stretch now moving forward you basically have to deliver that kind of month for six straight months in in the regular season to make sure that you are going to be one of the top eight teams so that in itself can sound really daunting but the way they played is a little or a lot uh in, in at times different than you know just the incredible um quite frankly awful finishes to seasons we've seen in the last half dozen years so um so yeah it, it, it absolutely feels different now that now the key and i think it's it's fair to assume that they can at least get close to that um because there's a massive buy-in in, in seemingly every area so that's that's a full credit to don and the coaching staff and that's the man i wanted to talk to next and in don granado who goes through his first full season as an nhl head coach uh, a man with an incredible story to him as well but now looking at this team and turning the Sabres into a different kind of story of their own. Granado being able to take almost every sort of troubling piece or like area of concern from the young players to a guy with $9 million cap hit being in the press box some we- some days. Uh, yeah, thanks, Ralph. Uh, but you look at what Granado's been able to do on almost every facet of this roster and showing market improvement and giving the glimmers of hope just shows how strong of a hire it is for a developmental coach to be able to bring it to the NHL. I agree. And I'll tell you, like it's, I don't know how either at first meeting or, you know, continuous viewings of how he's handling a team. I don't know how you, you could ever come away unimpressed with the authenticity, the hockey knowledge um, that, that is the makeup of Don Granado. And I, I, I guess the most exciting part is that there are undoubtedly people like him in the game and, and, and some find success and some don't, but it's pretty clear that every, and there's not a lot of different age spectrums on the team anymore. I get that Craig Anderson kind of skewed the overall average, you know, uh, with his presence on the 23 man roster this year, but it doesn't seem to matter what experience level uh, you look at through the roster, they've all been able to benefit from Don's presence. Look, the fact that we could be sitting here, and this is no, this, this is part and parcel with the players' uh, ability to bounce back too, but to think that after the first few years of the lack of team success and the health struggles for Kyle Opozo, that we could be sitting here looking at him going into his final year thinking, geez, you might want to, you know, add another year to the end of Kyle's deal just because of his presence for the you know for this group and I don't think that's out of the question now I don't want to get too far ahead of the game 
But that just shows because clearly Don had identified Kyle as the one that he wanted to be really utilizing his, you know, his knowledge of the game, his experience in the game. And that was, I think it's, I think it was passed along by Kyle to others this year, unlike we've seen from a leadership role on this team in a long time. So that's just one example. We've all, you know, talked a million times about the Thompson move to center and the Skinner production, but it's not just the Skinner production. I mean, I know you took a little shot at at Ralph there for his usage of Skinner. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I never really blamed Ralph too much. I I didn't like the way Jeff was playing most of the time. Uh, He had a way of having decent analytics, but, to me, not realistic scoring chances. So the fact that, you know, he's playing with the desire to make an impact the way he is, I, I, he was really, really, really good um, as the season wound to a close. And, you know, so again, give credit where it's due, and that's to the player and the coach in that situation. Brian Duff from the Instigators, who you be, who you're able to hear all week, every day here on WGR. He's joining us on the West Shore Hotline. Brian, Obviously, we can't talk about this team without the evolution of Rasmus Dahlin taking that next step. I I was, you know, it was disappointing only because I'm such a, you know, I love statistical success stories, and I just felt like Dahlin was, for the longest time, so far away from, A, where I thought he would have been, but B, more just like where I think he thought he could have and should have been. And he, from the outset of joining this organization, he is really, really self-critical. And that's okay when, you know, the team's going at a decent clip. But when you take it all on yourself, which I think Darlene seemingly did, it was really starting to show I thought uh, in his overall play, even with the the new fresh voice of, of Don Granado. Um, and, and quite frankly, I don't know if Don, you know, does it purposely. I would assume he does. He, he very much, you know, kept propping Rasmus up publicly uh, during his difficult times when the points weren't coming or the glaring mistakes were happening. And you only need one or two of those in a game and then it becomes the only thing that people fixate on and which is really unfair to a defenseman because they are typically in possession of the puck so much and they make so many other plays that can impact the game but i'm just really thrilled that we're now kind of right on the cusp of where darlene should be making that massive next step he made a huge one this year to find himself in the top 15 in the league in scoring which i i I feel like he probably could have been with a little more luck and overall team success the last couple of years. But now now I just get excited thinking, wow, like this guy's constantly going to be in the conversation with all the young defensemen that we focus on. Different style, obviously, than Kale McCarr, who's almost one of a kind. But there's no reason on a nightly basis that you can't go from talking McCarr one night to Fox the next, to Hughes the next, to Darlene the next, and so on. So I think that's pretty exciting because – while sometimes the draft can lead you to feel like every top pick is going to be a generational talent, which then somehow means they have to be so much ahead of their peers in that draft class. What you really want is to make sure that you have, look, 
every team is ultimately going to have a guy like him. But it seemed like for a while we didn't, we weren't even getting the most out of Darlene. Now we're very close to getting the most out of Darlene, which makes the pick all the more enjoyable. Duffer, I'm going to give you a, a fun little. It's almost like you're at work again here today. Uh, I'm going to give you a this or that for uh, oh. for for this last question here. <laughs> so um, this or that for you, the favorite coming out of the Eastern Conference in the playoffs right now. The Toronto Maple Leafs or the Florida Panthers? Oh, what did I do to deserve this one? <laughs> uh, okay, well, at least you, you you know that I did pick Toronto to beat Tampa, so this is not. I'm not going to have to stray too far down this path. And obviously, I picked Florida to beat Washington. Um, in true Marty fashion, it would be this, that, or the other, and I, I would. Still, I would still keep Carolina in that equation, mm. but uh, maybe because I live in fear of the, you know, of the success story that could be Toronto, you know, because I've enjoyed not having to deal with it the entirety of my 51 years, <laughs> um, uh, you know, so uh, part of me is inclined to say that this is finally Toronto's time, but um, the better story would be Florida because I think the fact that you know, when they were an expansion team and made it to the Stanley Cup final three years in, which was 1996, and they still have not won a round <laughs> since 1996. Oof. I mean, I just, I don't know. It's crazy to me. But, it, boy, oh, boy, that's a tough one. Let's say I'll go with Florida just to, you know, make me feel better for the rest of the day because <laughs> that, 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 that would be really good to be talking about at the end of June. But um, it, it's 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 phenomenal to watch right now. And the, the reason I like both of them, quite frankly, guys, I mean, and Marty hates it when I say this, but I, I love perceiving teams as ones that can simply outscore their problems. And we all know the problems Toronto has had defensively in past playoff situations, but I think they're just better situated now. They've got better defense and Campbell's been fine in, in the series so far. And, and I just think that they're, they're so deep, but I don't think they're as deep as Florida. So, you know, if they do meet, maybe we'll see more of those games like we saw late in the regular season when the Leafs had it well in hand and the Panthers came back and won 7-6 in overtime. So it, it, it would be an unbelievable series to see. Not to mention very fun. Like, who wants more goals? Oh. I want more goals. I agree. I agree. I mean, and I think I think that, you know, when you went go back to your original questions about you know, the month of March and where Buffalo got to, I mean, it was, you know, it was a shorter streak by nature than some of the ones that we, we've seen sporadically over the last couple of years. But it was the consistency of the offense that probably gave you the most hope. And, and, and not because you were married to this entire group moving forward, but they're being, they're, they're being more creative and they're capable of scoring, knowing full well that you have a next wave coming, presumably in Quinn and Paterka as early as next year. So that, to me, just makes you, uh, you know, almost, you know, from a fantasy hockey standpoint, you could be looking at three legitimate scoring lines for this team next year. That would be the hope for me. That would be awesome. Brian, thank you for taking the time. It was great to be able to talk with you again. And, uh, I mean, if we have any more barbs for Nate, we'll just tweet at him. He's got that back now. <laughs> and I will... I will retweet and like very quickly. Thank you. <laughs> Brian Duff, you can hear him every day during the week on the Instigators. 
on this very station. So please, you know, I mean, come on. Do I have to tell you to listen to Duffer? No, I don't have to tell you to listen to Duffer. You're already doing it. And if you're not doing it, you're doing it wrong. So thanks again, Brian. And, uh, and I'm sure we'll talk sooner this time than, uh, than last. Yeah. Enjoy the weekend, boys. Thanks so much. You too, Brian. And uh, again, you know who he is. He's Duffer Sabres on Twitter. And he, you hear him every day. He always brings great stuff with him and Marty, and I can't wait to see what else they've got in store for uh, for starting next week because playoff series could be really in a different direction by the time Monday rolls around. We'll see what happens there. But um, I pulled a Nate. We're late, so uh, we got to get out of here and uh, come back for a quick segment here on the other side. And then at 12 o'clock, we talk more hockey. Anthony Scandra joins us. At noon, right here on Sports Talk Saturday. Welcome back. Hour one in the books here for Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer in for Nate Geary. And as every host is wont to do, the third segment is just going to be rambling for like about a minute. And then you're done. I mean, at some point. Oh, no, I'm becoming Nate. Oh, God. Please don't let me get hurt in a golf cart. (laughs) Or have my Twitter hacked. He did have like a rough run there of like two weeks of just like yeah. Twitter hack, injury. I mean, the Twitter hack, is that really that bad? It's annoying. I mean, it was annoying when it happened yeah. for him. You know, he's like hosting draft coverage and you want... Well, there's something too. It's like, it's like when it happened. You're like, seriously? But I need that. Honestly, like I would have had a great peace of mind not having my Twitter account. Oh, I wouldn't. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> That'd be like worst case scenario. I'm oh not even my. on it all that much. And no, I'd just be like, but that's yeah. where I get like all my like pop culture news, sports news. I, I I probably would have been at such peace, and yet here I am staring at Twitter.com. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> trying to be so, on your high horse, absolutely not. Trying to be on my high horse, saying I'd be at peace, but yet here I am staring at it. But uh, at the same time, you know what it is. All right, next hour, more sabers. Why? Anthony Scandra joins us on the other side. Of this break, Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, we're hanging out with you until 2 o'clock today. And then Brian Koziel, he's down at Batavia Downs. So you'll be able to get some pre-race coverage there because you don't want to hear anything from me about the Kentucky Derby. So trust me, Brian will have you. He'll get you there, and we'll get you through to race time. We'll be back on the other side. You're listening to WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.